Hey everyone, my name is Pastor Meshach. Welcome back as we continue working our way through the Acts of the Apostles in these daily devotionals. Today we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. I'm here again with my son Gabriel. Today he's actually going to vacation Bible school, but uh, he still had time, so he's sitting in on the video today. You want to say something, Gabe? Uh, no. Okay. In this passage, you remember, Peter and John had just returned from the temple. Over the last 24 hours, they healed the man that couldn't walk. They, were, they responded to the crowd by preaching about Jesus and the resurrection. They re, then they were questioned by the religious authorities about whose name they, they accomplished this thing in. And after the religious rulers threatened them to no longer speak and teach in the name of Jesus, they finally leave after an exhausting 24 hours of ministry. It's really instructive what they go home and do. It doesn't say they went home to their friends and say something like, man, you guys wouldn't believe what happened. Now, I'm sure there's there's some of that to it if their friends didn't already know. But what the text uh, tells us is that when they went home, they went to their friends, reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together to pray. Now, as I was reading this, I was remembering what happened in Daniel chapter 2. And this, this kind of creates a model for us to follow. In Daniel chapter 2, when King Nebuchadnezzar had his dream, and you'll recall, he called his wise men and he said to them, you guys need to give me the dream and you need to give me the interpretation. If you don't give me the dream and the interpretation in a certain number of days, you're going to die. And Daniel, being one of his wise men, he heard the threat. He went back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they did the same exact thing. They, they lifted their voices together to God, and they prayed. So the first lesson for this devotional is, what do we do when we are threatened, or we're challenged, or we face uh, trials because we're living as God's people, because we're acting in the name of Jesus? What do we do? Well, we pray. We pray by ourselves, or if it's something that should involve more people, uh, then we pray with a group of friends that, that are joint in ministry together with us. And so now I'd like to analyze their prayer because this is important too. Because they don't just say, God, please help us. We're scared. We were threatened. But their prayer is, um, it's set up in such a way that they realize the way the world is responding to this is out of order. And you'll see that because of how they start. They begin by saying, by, by talking about who God is. So in verse 24, they lifted up their voices together and said, Sovereign Lord, who made heaven and earth? So they start by saying, God, the whole thing belongs to you. The earth is yours. The sea is yours. You created everything and everything exists because of you. And so from that foundational piece of saying everything belongs to you, now they raise the problem to God. And they don't just raise it based off of what happened but they raised the problem right out of scripture by quoting Psalm 2. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain and the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers uh, that were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed? Psalm chapter 2 is a messianic psalm that prophesies about what the world will do, how the world will respond when God's anointed one, the Christ, comes into the world. They're going to set themselves against. 
They're not going to welcome with open arms, but they're going to reject and they're going to threaten as they do in this passage. So what the, what the disciples are doing is saying, God, even though the world belongs to you and the world in its fallen nature was, was taken from you, you sent your son to redeem the world. And look what they're doing. They're rejecting. They rejected him by crucifying him. And now they're rejecting us by threatening us to no longer uh, speak and act in his name. So they're being very biblical in their understanding of what's taking place. The earth belongs to God. God is reclaiming and redeeming the earth, but the earth and the leaders of the world are rejecting. Now, I think it's important for us to pause real quick and say that it's not only the leaders of the world that reject Jesus, but wherever Jesus comes with his message, there's going to be rejection, whether that is um, on a national level whether it's on a, a neighborhood level, a family level, or even an individual level. In fact, I dare to say that most of us experience the rejection of the Messiah on an individual level. When Jesus comes and he commands us to do this or do that or live this way or that way, and we feel the tension within because we want to live another way, that's, that's what's happening here as well. That's our own version of raging against the anointed one. And so whenever we experience that, whether, whether it's internal or, or an external force or even a spiritual or supernatural force, what's happening is a Psalm 2. Jesus, the anointed one, has come into the world and our natural reaction because of sin is to reject, to push back against the, the work of God uh, through his anointed one. And so what follows then is the, the conclusion of what we should do when we realize that we're living in a world that's in opposition to God. And what the disciples do, man, it's, it's really instructive. They don't just say, God, please change the hearts of the, the rulers. How many times do we hear people praying like that? God, please change their hearts. And I suppose there, there are times uh, that we should pray those prayers. But what the, the, the apostles do in this passage is not ask for God to change other people but they pray and ask for God for, uh, to give them boldness to continue living faithfully, to continue speaking and acting in the name of Jesus. And I'm, oh, no, I'm, just, I'm just so helped by that because the only people that we can really change uh, at the end of the day, it's ourselves. And so in situations where people are being obstinate, if, if the responsibility is for us to live faithfully, then we have to pray for more faith and more wisdom and for more mercy and for more boldness to keep on representing God who's trying to reclaim the world in the world as his messengers. So that's, you know, I, I don't know where you are, um, but like I said, we all face opposition to Jesus in different levels. Um, most of it, I, I want to say this again, most of it is internal. Most of the opposition to Christ that I face is internal opposition. It's obeying Christ when he calls me to, to be a certain way or to surrender certain things. Whenever I face those oppositions, the response is always the same. It's to go to God in prayer, acknowledging that everything, including myself, belongs to God, acknowledging that the natural proclivity in the world is to reject God, and then it's asking God for grace. Give me boldness to continue living speaking and acting in the name of Jesus. That's what the apostles do here. And it sends them 
off into the rest of the book of Acts. Man, just representing and bearing witness to Christ in crazy and transformative ways. Oh, you want to say something before you leave? Yeah. Bye. All right. I need to leave now. Okay. Gabe's going. All right. See ya. Close the door and you leave, all right? Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm done anyway, so let me say a prayer for you guys real quick. Heavenly Father, I acknowledge personally that I have faced the, um, the desire to turn against God, and I know that the earth belongs to you. And so I pray, God, that you would strengthen me and strengthen all of your people with boldness to live in Jesus' name and to think in Jesus' name and to act and speak in Jesus' name so that the name of Jesus might be glorified on the earth. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening in, guys, as we continue working through this. Uh, the, the next section will be Acts chapter 4, verses 32. Uh, through the end of the chapter, 32 through 37. So until then, I'll see you. Peace.